Do you like my jingle bells? I was wondering, what was that? They're jingle bells. It does not sound like jingle bells on my end. It's because they fell off of something and I'm holding them. So they're a little bit like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like muted. Let's see that. Anyways, enough of that. I was, <laughs> I was being festive. Are you wearing something festive? I'm wearing a red flannel. Ooh. I'm drinking red wine. Also festive. So very festive over here. What do you think I'm wearing? Christmas jammies. I'm wearing the shirt from your bachelorette party that I wear every single day. Oh my God. You wear it every single time you record. Sorry. That's Murph in the back. You can definitely hear him. I can't. He's being rude. It's okay. Excuse me, sir. Enough. Anyways. You know, you know who else was really rude? Copper. No. Oh. (laughs) I was trying to do a segue. Oh. <laughs> no. What now, that asshole? Wow. Um. So, it's almost Christmas. Well, when this comes out, it will be Christmas. Yes, Christmas Day, correct? No, uh, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Okay, spooky. Not really. Spook- spooky. And and uh, sprightly. Sprightly. Probably. Maybe. So it's that time of the month. True crime happens hey, to fall. Time, what time of the month are we talking about, Elizabeth? Oh, it's not that that time of the month, honestly. Um, but true crime happens to fall on the Christmas week. So, do you have a Christmas crime? Oh my gosh, lots of crimes. Omg. <gasps> oh, Over oh, Christmas. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so really quick, I want to shout out my sources, Encyclopedia of Arkansas.net and then ClarkProsecutor.org. So this week, we are talking about the murderous rampage of Ronald Gene Simmons. And I'm going to call him Ronald because, like, Gene Simmons has a positive connotation to it. Does it though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. You're the you're the music head. Oh, who am I thinking of? I'm sorry. Yes, Gene Simmons. I was thinking of the guy from Jazzercise. What's his name? Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. And then for some reason in my head, I thought Bob Ross. I, they're all. I feel like they're all cousins. <laughs> all three of them are distantly related. <laughs> Except for this guy. He's yeah. definitely not because he's an asshole. Okay. So I'm going to take you back in the way, way back machine to July 15th, 1940, oh. Chicago, Illinois. Ronald Gene Simmons was born to Loretta and William Simmons. And on January 31st, 1943, just a few years after his birth, Ronald's dad, William, actually died of a stroke, sadly. So um, not long after his dad died, his mother, Loretta, remarried to another William. This one was William D. Griffin. 
and he was a civil engineer for the U.S. Army Corps Engineers. And then in 1946, the Corps actually moved Griffin and the family to Little Rock, Arkansas, which is also known as Pulaski County. And I could be totally saying that wrong. It might be like Pulaski or Pulaski, but I'm going to say it sounds like Pulaski. Okay. Um, (laughs) So at this point, he's six years old. This was the first of like several transfers that his stepfather had within the Corps. Um, They moved all over the state of Arkansas between 1946 and 1957. And in 1957, that's when uh, Ronald actually dropped out of high school and joined the U.S. Navy. So he was first stationed in Bremerton Naval Base in Washington State. This is where he meets, and I apologize again, Bersabe, Bersabe, Rebecca Ulubari. We're going to call her Becky. How is it spelled? B-E-R-S-A-B-E. Yeah, Becky is good. Right? Yeah, Bex. Okay, cool. Cool. We'll go, we're going to go with Becky. Um, he and Becky got married in New Mexico on July 9th, 1960. Um, over the next 18 years, Ronald and Becky had seven children. In How many years? 18. Oh, okay. I heard. So that's like. I heard eight. Like one every other year. I heard eight. And I was like, oh, wow. 18 years, seven children. Okay. It's still a lot. It's still a lot, but it's better than seven children in eight years. That's a, that's really a lot. That's very true. Um, but in 1963, Ronald left the Navy, and two years later, in 1965, he actually joined the Air Force, which like, I don't really know how that works. Like, can you just, like, leave one branch of the military and then just, like, go into another one? I don't Isn't know. Isn't that, like, frowned upon? I don't know. Well, we'll ask Becca. Um Altogether, he was in the military for about 22 years, and during this time, he was awarded a Bronze Star, the Republic of Vietnam Cross for his service as an airman, and the Air Force Ribbon for excellent marksmanship. Ronald ultimately retired from the military on November 30th, 1979. So at this point, all seven of his children are born. He's retired from the military, still hanging out with Becky. They're, you know, in of uh, this point they're back in Arkansas. Um so this is where things start to get a little weird. On April 3rd, 1981, Ronald was being investigated by Cloudcroft, New Mexico Department of Human Services for allegations that he fathered a child with his 17-year-old daughter Sheila. Oh. Yeah. So after these allegations got out, they were public. Uh, the entire family fled to Ward, Arizona. Um, or I'm sorry, Ward, Arkansas in 1981. Including the 17-year-old daughter? Yeah. They all went and like she had the baby and they were all together. Yeah. Okay. And then after they were in Ward for a couple of years, they uh, then fled to Dover, Arkansas in 1983. So while they're in Dover, Dover, the family lived on 13 acres of land on what they called Mockingbird Hill. Now, I googled Mockingbird Hill, <laughs> and it was like someone made it into a song in the early, early 80s, but it wasn't anything correlating to this. So it's like spooky. I turned it on, and I was like, ooh, 
But then I looked at the year that the song came out and I was like, that has nothing to do with this. So when you Google um, this, all that comes up is the song is basically what you're telling me. Yeah. Like you like couldn't I, find I anything look, on the actual property. I was trying to look for pictures. Yeah, I was trying to look for like pictures or like a plot of land or something from like a bird's eye view. I couldn't really find anything. Um, but again, this is very early 80s. So I doubt after this investigation, they were like, oh, we need to get a picture of Mockingbird Hill on Google. Right. Um, so at this point, they're in Mockingbird Hill. It's 1983. Um, essentially, what this plot of land, the 13 acres, was made up of, it was two older mobile homes that were, like, smushed together to create one big mobile home surrounded by, like, a makeshift fence. There was no telephone. There was no indoor plumbing. Essentially, I counted it's nine people if you don't count Sheila's baby which means it's 10 people with the incestuous child in probably like a thousand square feet. I would argue that a baby counts as more than one person because they take up so much room with their shit. (laughs) So let's call it 11 people. Let's call it 11. So while in Dover, which is also Pope County, uh, he worked a lot of different jobs in the nearby town of Russellville. He quit his role at the Woodline Motor Freight after numerous reports of sexual harassment. Like, there were, like, severe sexual um, advancements that he made on people that he worked with. Oh, good. Love that. So, really, really great. Um, Then he went on to work at the Sinclair Mini Mart before quitting on December 18th of 1987. So, this is where we get into the specific crimes around christmas um on december 22nd 1987 in the morning ronald heads to walmart in russellville where he buys a 22 caliber handgun he then goes home bludgeons and shoots his wife becky and his son ronald gene simmons jr who had been visiting so he was he was like older uh Ronald then strangled his three-year-old granddaughter. Later this day, the youngest of the Simmons children arrived home via school bus for Christmas break. Their ages were 17, 14, 11, and 8. So four children come home on the school bus after like multiple members of their family have just been murdered at their own home. All four of those children were separated, killed individually, by either strangulation and or drowning. They had a rain barrel on the property that he used. Um, and the, the eerie thing about this is months prior to this happening in December, Ronald actually instructed all of his children that were living at home, so those four children, to dig a large pit on their oh, land. Oh, so that's like serious premeditation. Oh, Yeah. So, and that's, of course, I mean, you can, you can imagine what I'm about to say that all of their bodies were then found in this pit. Um, So some sources actually say that these seven bodies were soaked in kerosene before being placed in the pit so that their decomposition would not then attract scavengers. So like extreme. Yeah, wow. Um, And then, so that was December 22nd. That's seven people that he just killed. And then he just, like, hangs out at his house until December 26th. So, four days later, 
So the day after Christmas, the older Simmons children had been invited to Mockingbird Hill for an after Christmas dinner. So like these are all of the um, the older children that like have their own families. Like they're all coming back for dinner for the night after Christmas. They've just spent Christmas on their own, like with their own separate satellite families. And now they're coming back to spend Christmas with like a Christmas dinner with the grandparents, right? So the first family to arrive home was 23-year-old William H. Simmons. They called him, or the second, they called him Billy. His 21-year-old wife, Renata May Simmons, and their 20-month-old son were the first families to arrive, or was the first family to arrive, excuse me, for this after Christmas dinner. Billy and Renata were shot and placed next to the dining room table in the dining room. They were then covered with their own coats. And their 20-month-old baby was killed and placed in the trunk of a car behind the home. So, like, they were seated at the dining room table and he just, like, walks in and shoots them? I don't know if it was, like, upon arrival. Got it. He, like, shot them and then just dragged them in or if they were already in the house. Um, but it wasn't like they were arranged, seated right. nicely. It was like they literally, he literally just, like, laid them Got on it. the floor. Um. The second family to arrive was his 24-year-old daughter, Sheila, a.k.a. his girlfriend, right? Uh, the one that had allegations of fathering a child with him. Or, sorry, that he had allegations of fathering a child with her. Um, her husband, 33-year-old Dennis Raymond McNulty, and their children, 7-year-old Sylvia, who was, quote-unquote, the daughter of Sheila and Ronald, and then 21-month-old Michael. Sheila was shot and her body was also laid next to the dining room table and then covered with a tablecloth. Um, Ronald shot, shot her husband, Dennis, and then strangled the, um, the seven-year-old Sylvia. And then baby Michael was also strangled and placed in the trunk of another car that was parked on the property. Um, some sources say that he then took all four adult bodies from the December 26th killing and arrange them in the family room of the mobile homes. Um, and that's where they stayed for four days. So, and he just chilled in there. Yeah. Just, uh, pretty casual. I mean, in Arkansas, December, I don't know. Is it chilly? Probably. He doesn't really need the refrigeration. Um, so later on the same day, the 26th, the day after Christmas, Ronald drives, this is after he's killed everybody. He drives to Russellville Shopping Center to the Sears, which, like, shout out, fucking love me a Sears, um, where he went to pick up Christmas gifts that had been ordered, but they arrived to Sears after the holiday, or, I guess, too late for them to be able to, like, do anything with Christmas. Which Christmas also, gifts for like, who? At what, at what point at this point, Robert? I know. I don't know. I'm wondering if maybe they he, like, ordered a drill for like, well, Yeah, like, were they Christmas gifts for himself or, like... Christmas gifts for the family members that he just strangled and shot. Like, what are what are we doing? What are no, we doing? No idea. Um. So he picks up the Christmas gifts, and then later that night he drives to a private club in Russellville, and then went home to hang out at the Mockingbird Hill for the weekend. So I did some research. I was trying to figure out like where the fuck was this private club? Like in my head, I'm thinking like, was this like a it's Arkansas? Club it's Arkansas. It's not. A I feel club, like it's a one-story cement building with a community pool 
and a card table with three dudes in their 70s smoking cigs and uh, playing craps. Isn't that a card game? And bridge, yeah, playing bridge and uh, gambling with their wives, you know, our home. And they're like, the, the men are at the club and that's their club. There might be a teenager. Oh, okay. There might so be a teenager of, selling hot dogs. Kind of like a VA. Worse, but yes. Okay, that's what it. I pictured. That's now what that I, I have the image. Thank you. Um, so he leaves the club and then goes to hang goes to hang out at his house for the next few days. Um, on December twenty eighth, nineteen eighty seven. So this is six days after the first murder of the seven people. And then four days, I'm sorry, two days after the second murder of the rest of his family, Ronald drives his son, Ronald Jr. He drives his son's, I'm sorry, car, because poor Ronald is no longer with us, to Russellville and went to buy his second handgun from Walmart. He then drives to Peel, Eddie, and Gibbons Law Firm, enters the building, shoots and kills the receptionist, Kathy Cribbins Kendrick. Then he walks next door to the Taylor Oil Company, shoots and wounds Russell Rusty Taylor, who's the owner of the Sinclair Mini Mart, where Ronald used to work. And then he shoots and kills J.D. or Jim Chaffin, who's a fireman and a part-time truck driver for Taylor Oil. And then he shoots at another employee and actually misses oh them. Oh, God, he missed. The yeah. So at this point on the, tw- on the 28th, he has... Shot two people, or sorry, I'm sorry, shot and killed two people, shot and wounded one, and then missed another. He then goes to Sinclair Mini Mart, where he used to work. He shoots and wounds Roberta Woolery and David Slayer. His last stop is Woodline Motor Freight Company. He finds his former supervisor, Joyce Butts, wounds her in the head and chest, and then takes an employee, Vicki Jackson, at gunpoint into the computer office, which is, I was dying laughing. It literally <laughs> said computer office. And, and has her call the police. He says to her, quote, I've done what I've come to do. It's all over now. I've gotten everybody who wanted to hurt me. What? The police show. Yeah, I don't. The police show up and he immediately surrenders to the Russellville police upon arrival. He's just like. Like if you're, that's so weird. Like if you're Vicky, D- Vicky didn't die. Oh, good. No, but like, why couldn't he just? Why couldn't he just call the police? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they said that he didn't have his phone at his house, right? And I'm sure he didn't have a cell phone because it was right. the late '80s. Oh, so maybe he doesn't know how to use a or phone, or just didn't have one. Is that what you're getting at? If he, if he just didn't have one, you know? Yeah. The computer office. I'm still, I'm dying. Um, so now we're going to move on to his trials. So after he surrendered to the Russellville police um, on December 28th, 1987, um, he was then sent to be evaluated by Dr. Irving Kuo, who's a psychiatrist at the Arkansas State Hospital. Uh, Dr. Irving found 
Ronald to be of sound mind and sane and therefore capable of standing trial. Which I'm yeah. like, I love it when that happens. I love it when that happens. It's like, oh, like you can't, you're not, you're not right. fooling me. You know what I mean? Um, he was then represented by Robert E. Irwin or Doc, as he was known, um, and John Harris. So those were his uh, public defenders that he was assigned. The prosecuting attorney was John Bynum on the case, and jury selection for the first trial took less than six hours. So there were, from what I, from the research that I did, it sounded like there were two trials total. There was one for the people that he did, like, the random shooting on two days after he killed his family. And then there was one for, like, his family. Um, so on May 12th, 1988, he was convicted in Franklin County Circuit Court for the deaths of Kendrick and Chaffin. So those are the two individuals that he went out into town and shot and killed. On May 16th, 1988, he was sentenced to death by lethal injection plus 147 years. Ronald Simmons refused all rights to appeal. On February 10th, 1989, Ronald Simmons was found guilty of 14 counts of capital murder and the deaths of his family members. His representation, Bynum, um, actually, that's incorrect. The prosecutor, I'm sorry, I read that wrong. The prosecutor, Bynum, uh, offered a possible motive when he presented an undated note that had been discovered in a safe deposit box at the Russellville Bank after the arrest, which I'm like, bitch, if you're in Russellville every day, won't the fuck? Why yeah. You live there? <laughs> um, the letter that he presented indicated a very strong love-hate relationship between Ronald and Sheila, who, again, his daughter that he shared a baby so with. So Sheila was the daughter. Um, the judge... Correct, yeah. And her, her, the baby that she had that was Ronald's... Was that also was Ronald's that ever daughter. confirmed, or was that just like whatever happened with that? Speculation. Okay. Speculation. But I also think Sheila didn't deny it. You know what I mean? It was kind of like the family fled. I wonder she why she wouldn't have. Do you think that like she was afraid of getting, you know, facing legal? repercussions for having a child with her father because i guess would incest have been illegal in arkansas at that time or is it illegal in arkansas i don't know i mean it's illegal everywhere (laughs) technically (laughs) just so you know don't do it um no i mean it's it's illegal everywhere but but that's a good point because given their the situation of them constantly moving i i speculate that maybe her education was not as advanced for her to have the confidence to know that she could do something about well, it against And on top of that, like outside of education, because I don't know that they were teaching things like that in schools, even in Arkansas. <laughs> Sorry to any listeners out in Arkansas right, right, where right. I'm joking. Um, but to my point, I, you never know, like behind closed doors, is Ronald like, you know, emotionally abusing her probably if he's raping her and saying things like, if you tell anyone, they'll take the baby right. away. Or, you know, if you tell anyone that you'll go to jail and like brainwashing her to where she wouldn't want to, you know, for that to be found out. Because then she believes maybe they're either going to take her baby away or, you know, that she's going to go to jail. So maybe she wants to flee because he's, you know, scared her into not wanting to tell the truth. 
I'm told that's a complete theory that I'm, I have no basis in any kind of data to come up with that theory. I'm just like thinking out loud. It's a hundred percent opinions. I bet that, that is a really good, that's a really good thought process. I could totally see that seems really realistic for the situation. Um, so essentially the letter that Bynum found is, um, brought into court and he's submitting it as evidence for a possible motive. The judge officially rules the letter admissible. And once the judge publicly deems it admissible and it's presented into court, Ronald lashes out in the middle of the courtroom, punches Bynum in the face, and then like scurries over to the court deputy and tries to like steal his hand out of his holster. It's like this whole thing. Yeah. Um, And then of course he's like rushed out of the courtroom in chains and it's like super dramatic and, but like if you Google a picture of this guy, you're like, there's no fucking way. Like he looks like Rasputin. Yeah, he does. Are you following me? Okay, yeah, you're Googling. Yes. Looks like Rasputin. Really awful. Um, so that was February 10th, 1989. This is March 16th, 1989. So just a few weeks later. He's then sentenced to death by lethal injection. Again, he waives his rights to appeal. And on May 31st of 1990, Governor Bill Clinton signs his second execution warrant for June of 20, June 25th of 1990. This was the quickest sentence to execution to death time in U.S. history since the death penalty was reinstated in 1976. Wow. Yeah. Um, and of course, in the like the research that I'm doing, you know, like it's I know of course I don't get my I do not get my sources from Wikipedia. I will say that right now. But and some of the um, sources that I do get my information from, some of them are like old newspapers and things like that and some of the words are hyperlinked or some of the names are hyperlinked so you can go and like do an an extra search on them this entire article the only thing that was hyperlinked in the whole thing oh wow (laughs) um but like i said this was the quickest sentence to death was uh in 1970 or sorry was this one in june of 1990 after the death penalty was reinstated in this in 76 um on the day of his death june 25th ronald refused all visitors including legal counsel and clergy his last words were quote justice delayed finally be done is justifiable justifiable homicide which one is just grammatically incorrect and two kind of doesn't make yeah sense. say it again justice delayed finally be done is justifiable homicide I guess that he's saying that they're killing him, so it's homicide, but it's justifiable? Maybe. What a weird thing to say. Regardless, no family members claimed his remains. Ronald Simmons was buried in Popper's plot at the Lincoln Memorial Lawn in Varner. Yeah, I saw that. That bitch. He has just, like, a military plot. I think it just says, like, Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. Which I hate the thought that he even gets that. Oh, I know. For some reason, I thought that um, I would like to do more research on this, but the the with the death penalty, like the aftermath, the remains, you would think that they would all just be cremated. Well, right? I think that that's dependent on 
or the preference of the person that's being killed because you still get a right like you're still a, you still get a last meal um you know like you, he obviously refused like family clergy or anybody but yeah you can have a priest come see you um and you do get somewhat of a say well i think you get all the say and like what does happen with your remains. So like you could say like you want to be cremated and um, like sprinkled in the ocean or whatever, or you could say, so maybe that's where he said he wanted to be buried. I'm trying to remember because didn't we do a case or maybe I heard a case where the, the, um, mur the murderer, he or she, I don't remember was put to death. And then there was like, specific things that were done either with the body or with the obituary and it was like annoying but i think like legally they had to like the attorneys had to execute what their wishes were oh my god it was ted bundy oh was it ted bundy it was ted bundy it was ted bundy because he requested to be cremated and then he requested to be sprinkled on the oh that's right where he had where he had like murdered and raped and just completely destroyed and they, and they had to do it because yeah. like legally yeah Be legally they were obligated yeah because it's it was a last right and will and testimony and and um it's interesting and it's disgusting because and i'm sure we'll get in we'll do another episode that's i'm sure we'll do a few that are strictly about ted bundy but not to get into this too deep that space where he had requested to be for his remains to be scattered um, was where they suspect that there were like tens, maybe twenties of other like unnamed women victims that yes, that were never found that he like refused to talk about. So it was kind of one of those things like ha ha ha, like you don't know, but like I'm going to go rest in peace in my like treasure yeah, trove of women, you know? Yeah. So that must oh. be why Robert but Gene Simmons maybe that's why he was given Ronald. like a like he was probably given like a military burial but i bet no one was there oh yeah well i mean from every all the accounts i'm sure i mean it said none of his family members would like claim anything like they wanted nothing to do with him oh right so. yeah also do also do you have any family left at this point i was just, just thinking that it's so. like who's left <laughs> you killed 14 of them i mean i guess Maybe you do have a giant family. Maybe he had siblings or something. And but yeah, I would want nothing yeah. to do with him at that point. Yeah. So completely crazy. And the I think it's really important to just reiterate that he was evaluated by a psychiatrist and he was deemed of sound mind. So this is just one of those cases where this guy's just completely It's interesting though, because he said the thing about nobody I've killed everyone that wants to hurt me. So do you think do you, but That's do you true. think that that was like a, do you think that he was saying that? I mean, do you think he was smart enough or prudent enough to like think ahead and be like, I'm going to say something? Yeah. But then also crazy. he, it sounded like he totally waived his rights to like appeal. Like it kind of sounds like as soon as he got caught, he just threw in the towel. Yeah. I mean, it kind of felt like he was begging for the death penalty, honestly. Like I think, and honestly, we do have to remember this was the eighties. So, I'm like, science is only going to get better. Yes, it's 2020, but, like, science is only going to get better. So, essentially, the psychiatrist that he met with, you know, maybe there were some tests that he didn't run or maybe there were some things he didn't catch and he wasn't of sound mind. But, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
I don't know, but I don't want to spend my Christmas in a double wide in Arkansas with my four dead family members. I certainly don't want to do that either. What are your plans for Christmas? Um, we are laying low. Yeah. Love that. You know, just gonna finish out this COVID year strong. <laughs> but Brandon is getting his vaccine next week. I was or this ask, week, I'm sorry. Um, I think he gets it like tomorrow or Wednesday. Tomorrow. I was going to ask, because uh, I've seen a few of our friends on social media that are healthcare workers that have already received theirs. And I was wondering yeah, Ellie got her Sunday and he's getting his either tomorrow or Wednesday. So it's very exciting. I know. Oh my gosh. Um, I have read you know different conflicting things though about when the vaccine is going to be available to uh, the general public so we'll see god willing it's before the weddings of 2021 i hope so i hope so i mean yeah i guess we have no control over that but i'm over it as everyone else is too so (laughs) yeah well, um, hopefully everybody has a really safe holiday. Don't uh, don't go out and do anything too crazy. Make sure that you're staying in if you can. Don't subject your potentially high-risk family members to your presence if you have not been safe and smart Zoom's in quarantining. Good. Yeah, Zoom's great. You can't Correct. smell somebody over yeah. them, which I appreciate. You can't smell anybody if you have COVID, though, either. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Great point. <laughs> yeah. All things to consider. Um, follow us on Instagram at Spaghetti Heads Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Spaghetti underscore Heads. Send us your embarrassing stories at Spaghetti Heads Podcast at Outlook.com. And get ready for next week we have a special guest and we're going to be doing some little a year in review fuck 2020 Oof. can we just promise to like instead of wine maybe straight liquor think, like yeah great straight liquor. totally i think it's, i think that are some gts cool. all around for the gals Ooh. yeah G and T sounds great. I say we go for it. Okay, well, it's decided. Speaking Cheers. of. Cheers. <laughs>